The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about, I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way, whoops, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. There you're going to find um, two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is one of Bradley's educational videos. He's down in Missouri. I think that's how some of the people say it down in Missouri, Missouri. And uh, if you want to check him out, go to the schedule at the top of the page, and uh, that'll tell you where he's going to be. Uh, but you can watch that up until 3. I don't know if he's going to be live today or not, but if not, we'll have another educational video up here on the side uh, that he's on, on the left side there. On the right side is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. And then click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. we got a lot of friends over there on Rumble. And so it's good to see you guys this morning. Good morning. And, uh, yeah, while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. Uh, make sure you, you subscribe to that. And then we're also live on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. And we thank those guys for giving us a spot on their platform as well. Right up under where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, on the right side of the page there, you can... Um, Sign up for the email newsletter, and uh, you get all of the articles we put out for the day, including the Morning Show Archive. That goes straight to your inbox, so please help us out with that. And if you're not getting it and you signed up for it, let us know. The contact button is at the top of sonslibertymedia.com. Click on that. Let us know you're not getting it. We can check on that for you. Sometimes people unsubscribe. Sometimes their IP blocks it. Sometimes their email provider will block it. Uh, we're definitely targeted on that area, and we know that. So if you let us know, at least we can look into it. It may be something on our end, uh, and if it's if it is, we want to correct it. If not, then we're going to have to have you correct it with your IP or email provider. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. So that's all of those, and then I want to let you know about the. Um, hopefully, this isn't blacked out. Okay. Uh, the the new bundle that we've got. The Soldier of the Cross bundle, $34 in the store, 
shirt of your size, dog tags in black or silver, and then the Soldier of the Cross book. 34 bucks if you're double X or larger, then uh, it's going to be 39 Okay, but you can get that in the store right there at the top of the store, right in the middle. And then if you want them individually, the shirts are $20 or $25 for double X and above. Those are in there for Soldier of the Cross. And then the books, uh, Bradley's got two new books out, Soldier of the Cross, $10. And then all the profits we're pointing to the front is also $10. All of that is in our uh, store there. So you guys will be able to to check that stuff out. So be sure and do that. And finally, today's the last day to get the deal on the healing for the ages. Now you can go to this co- this co- uh, this URL or you can go to healingfortheages.com. Um, you can you can down, you can get the uh, the digital access there. There's a link on it. And if you use the promo code TIM, you get $50 off or you can just go to qrco.de. That's Q- QR code with a dot in between the CO and the DE forward slash BE, that's a small BE, a capital P is in Papa, zero, capital A, and then a zero. And uh, this is the last day to get that $50 off. So if you're, if you're wanting to do that, and I highly suggest you get it and put it in your library. That's what I've done. Uh, because the information is, is really good. And it's very simple. It's not hard to, fo- it's not hard to follow. It's a very simple, uh, very common sense, but sadly, Common sense doesn't seem to be so common these days for for some people, but uh, I think it's a great presentation on how we ought to look out for our health. Now, before we get into the the main topic today, you guys remember this guy, um, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get him on. Uh, My contact for him, uh, we've we've even been having a hard time trying to get him back on the show, and uh, I know he's a very busy man, but uh, we've been having a hard time getting back on just for an update on some things of what he's dealing with out on the West Coast. But want to see about bringing this guy on, Reiner Fulmick. Uh, you know him as the quote-unquote second Nuremberg lawyer. Uh, he's the guy who's been kind of pushing, gathering the evidence together, and wants to uh, hold these people who've been pushing the COVID shots. He wants to hold them accountable. And uh, among those, I don't know if you guys have been seeing some of the the news on these companies. But for instance, I have to go back here and just kind of bring this up. But um, so yesterday, uh, it was Karen Kingston who was pointing out Moderna and uh, how they're... (laughs) how their stock is tanking. Look at that. This is after, I mean, this is just within days, This these numbers here. Just within days for Moderna. They go by mRNA on, uh, on the stock market, but this is, what, this is what they've got going on. And you can see, those of you on the video platforms, you can see they went from uh, was it 217 217.25 a share down to 86.24. Now that's still pretty high, but that's a huge drop. Hmm. Interesting. Really interesting. Hmm. They're not the only ones though. They're not the only ones to do that. Uh, Pfizer, same kind of deal. And we reported on this the day before. I'm having to pull it up just because it, it came off in my mind as to where they are. And look at their numbers. 
they're they've dropped down big time too. And this is a question of whether they're going to go bankrupt. Now, this should tell you something. If this is going on with their stock, it kind of makes you wonder if everything we were told about how many people were taking the shot, uh, you know, what kind of money they were getting and all this other. I mean, they clearly were making money at the pinnacle of the pandemic, of the, you know, that was going on. But now they're not. They're losing that money. And uh, this guy, Fulmick, uh, he's been putting together all this stuff. But, but I want you to listen to what happened. The German government went to Mexico to arrest him, took him back to Germany, and charged him. This is uh, the story coming out of Natural News. Here's what they've got. Uh, while he and his wife were visiting Mexico over the weekend, German lawyer Reiner Fulmick was seized by the German government and taken back to Germany where he was arrested and taken to a jail in Frankfurt. Fulmick is leading this second Nuremberg project to hold the purveyors behind the Wuhan. Co- this guy, uh, Ethan, these guys are still buying into this, this thing about uh, the convicts being some kind of quote-unquote virus that's been unleashed by Wuhan. No, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. And uh, the, the, both sides have people looking completely away from where the real problem is. And if you want to know what the real problem is, go back and look at my show I did with Brian Artis. I think he's right on on it. I think he's right on on it. And I think his protocols demonstrate he understands exactly what's going on and knows how to deal with the convicts. Um, he wanted to hold these guys accountable. According to reports, Fulmick lost his passport and scheduled a visit to the Germany, uh, the Germany embassy in Tijuana. When he arrived, German officials were ready and waiting for him, along with a 30-page document full of his charges, which as of now have not been really revealed publicly. When he entered the embassy on Friday, there were six men waiting to detain him, explains Leo Homan on his blog. And uh, Leo had a, a big, long write-up on this as well. Uh, the charges, as his attorney Dagmar Schoen found out when she received the official papers, were 30 pages long, so this was something carefully planned and executed. Of course it is. Of course they're going to target somebody who's going to try to you know, hold the people accountable, bring the facts in. Charges are related to allegations of Vivian Fisher, a former team member of Fulmix on the Corona Committee, who accused him of financial wrongdoing. Hmm. All right, so that's it right there. Three different people signed the charges against Reiner, which is strange considering the money in question is currently, or at least was, in the bank account of one of these three. <laughs> They tell on themselves, don't they? They really do. They tell on themselves. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right. So, you know, I I titled, I, I've had these, a couple of these things up for a while, and it's like, I feel like I'm back in that situation that I was, what was it, last year around this time, uh, and into this year as well. There was just this this period of time where every day you open up the news 
and there's all these people who are dead who are in somewhat of a celebrity status. Again, celebrities uh, are... I would say they're the minority. That's why they're called celebrities. That's why they get called stars and all this other stuff. They're in a minority amongst the rest of us people. All right? And so when you have a bunch of them dying, especially if they're younger, uh, then it, it gives you cause. It gives you pause for, for asking, okay, what's going on here? Now, we've talked about it. Most people in the audience are smart enough to put two and two together. And while everybody that has died... Doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that they took the shot, but it's the first thing on my mind when I see any death now is have they had the shot? I mean it's just it's on my mind, and I'm sure for many of you it's it's the same way. It's on your mind. You wonder did these people take the shot? And I know there were a couple of people that I have looked at where I could find that they were in favor of. People taking the shot, they encourage them to do it, or whatever the case may be. So some of those things were going on. Now, one of the big ones was, and uh, you guys remember when uh, we had, uh, I forget what what day was that, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. We had uh, Alyssa on and Rebecca from our chat called in, and we'd been down to the LifeWave conference. And one of the, one of the people who first came out early on who was speaking out on LifeWave was this lady here, Suzanne Summers. And when we got back from the uh, uh, conference, the first thing I saw the next day was that she had died. And I knew she had that bout with breast cancer that had come back. And uh, But it's what's amazing to me is, is this woman... <laughs> stuff I'm reading, you know, the next day was going to be her birthday and she just wanted to have cake. Well... What have we learned about, and that doesn't necessarily mean that she didn't need have some kind of healthy cake, but but honestly, what, wouldn't you be eschewing all of that stuff and putting nutrients in your body? In in any case, she's she's died. What was she, 76? The day shy of 77. You might as well call it 77. She's dead. Ran across several of these, and again, I've had them up for a couple of days, and I just haven't had a chance to get to them and, and maybe throw this out into a, into a report. But these were all stuff that I saw in the news on Monday once I was back and able to actually look at things a little bit. This, um, this young lady is 26 years old. She's ex-Miss World contestant Sharika de Armas. 26 years old. She's dead. Uh, she was battling a particular, particularly aggressive form of cancer. Now, again, if you go back to 2020, the end of 2020, and even before, because we were talking about vaccines before that, and Kate was very vocal even before the shot rolled out, while everything was still going on early in 2020, she was still very vocal about what was in vaccines. Nothing good was in vaccines. Nothing. And, uh, and again, I, you can list all the stuff you want, and I want to see anybody out there who wants to support vaccines, I want to see you drink any of those ingredients that they, that they have in them. 
If you think they're safe, I want to see you drink them. It'd be safer for you to drink them than it would be to shoot it straight in your arm. Because more than likely, your digestive tract is going to deal with some of that stuff. But, you know, again, this is the 26-year-old. And one of the things that we talked about was cancers that would come from these shots. And I think the guy's name, was it Dr. Was it Robert Young, I think was his name? Uh, you know, he was talking about this explosion of what he called turbo cancers. Cancers that just were very aggressive. Uh, we've had young men, football players, and I'm talking about the foot, the real football players, like they play with their feet. <laughs> uh, those young men coming up with testicular cancer and dying like days or weeks after they've been diagnosed. I mean, I never heard of such a thing. That they would, that it would just happen so fast like that. And and you know, occasionally you hear that with somebody, but these were several stories that this was happening. So this young lady here, she had this um, she had this aggressive cancer. She uh, represented Uruguay in the Miss World competition back in 2015. 26 years old. And if you look at the pictures, you, you would go, gosh, she looks healthy. You ever heard that thing, don't judge a book by its cover? Mm. A lot of people appear healthy on the outside, but on the inside, they're not. They're really not. Also had um, another young lady, 38, 38 I think is young. This lady is was a former Playboy model, Tabby Brown. Uh, thirty eight years old. Uh, I, 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 you know, it's a really sad thing when somebody dies and what they're known for is either posing naked or who they dated. That's that's how the headline is. This is what it says. Former Playboy model Tabby Brown has sadly passed away. She previously dated former Manchester City and Liverpool star Mario Balotelli. But the couple split up after seven months. Okay, she's known for Chanel 5's The Bachelor 2 or something, whatever that is. We're not told what happened to this young lady either. Um, like many of these stories of people dying we're not given any details about that now we were you know obviously from suzanne summers that was a recurring thing with the cancer um and then this xmas world um contestant we're told a little bit about that but usually we're not told we're told oh we don't have details on that or this is a strange illness or blah 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 but you understand you guys listening you many of you have done your homework. You're you're not dummies about this. Your minds go to the same place mine does. Did this person take the shot? And there's a ton of these uh, people that I. I mean, none. The only person I knew out of this bunch here was Suzanne Summers. That's that's the only one I actually knew uh, or remembered. This is another guy. Um, renowned voice actor Ken Lally. I, I, I assume that's how you pronounce his name. 
celebrated for his memorial, uh, memorable roles in gaming franchises like Mortal Kombat and Resident Evil, has left the virtual world and his fans in deep mourning. Uh, whose, his contributions as a voice actor and motion capture artist have etched a lasting legacy in the gaming industry, tragically passed away at the age of 52. I think 52 is still young. Look, I'm 54. I know I've got gray in my beard and all, but I still, I think and feel young. I don't think that's that old. 52. He's younger than, he was younger than, than I am. Um, and we're not really told anything uh, that I see here about what brought on his death. But, uh, but yeah, this is the guy right here, for you guys who are watching on the video platforms, this is the guy that we're talking about. And usually these voice, these voice guys, you, you, don't, you don't usually attach a face with them. So anyway, these are just a few. Now, I had also this uh, guy. He's much older. But this is uh, Marty Atisari. I hope I pronounced that correctly. The former president of Finland and Nobel Peace Prize laureate passed away at the age of 86. Did he take the shot? Did any of these people take the shot or not? Uh, Some people are going to say, okay, you titled this. What do all these people have in common? Are you going to link them together with the shot? No. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to link them together to what they have in common, to what I know they have in common. They're all dead. They're all dead. How many of you guys in going over to the website Zero Hedge actually paid attention to why it's called Zero Hedge? Anybody ever paid attention to why it's called Zero Hedge? There's a little phrase that comes out from the side of Zero Hedge. Here's what it says. Some of you guys won't be able to see it, but... If you want to go and you want to check it out, it's right there beside the logo, top left-hand side of the, uh, the website. Here's what it says. On a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. On a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. See, there's a there's a reminder, and if I if it if my memory serves me correctly, years ago I remember reading something, and this is probably back in the 80s, that the average person thinks about death at least four times a day. Some people probably, if they're depressed or other things, they may think about it a lot more. I don't know. But the average person thinks about death four times a day. Now, some people say, well, that's very morbid. We shouldn't be focused on those kinds of things. We should be focused on all the good things. And we should. And look, I, I, I agree that we should. However, there is a healthy sense of contemplating our own end, at least in this life. There's something healthy about that. It causes us to reflect on what we're doing, who we're serving, what we're accomplishing, You go to the book of Ecclesiastes, this is one of the interesting things. Here's Solomon. Here's a guy who, you know, God was, he he had a covenant with that he had put in uh, 
charge of the affairs of overseeing his people. And Solomon asked for a good thing. Give me wisdom so I can govern your people properly. That was, that was, a, that was a good request that he had. He could have asked for all kinds of things to consume upon himself. But he didn't do that. He asked for wisdom. Now, with that wisdom came fame. People from all over the earth would want to come and see and hear the wisdom of Solomon. And yet Solomon became this guy who took what God gave him and started being indulgent. And he writes about it in the book of Ecclesiastes. I mean, he sought wine, he sought women, he sought song, he sought riches, he sought fame, he sought all this kind of stuff, even though he's wise. That should tell us something about our own hearts. And Solomon comes down to this period of time in his life, and he writes several books. He writes Song of Solomon, he writes Ecclesiastes here as well. And one of the things that Solomon writes here is in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and I got to tell you, the some of these things you 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 really need to just be still and think about for just a little bit. Ecclesiastes chapter seven. Here's what it says. Beginning in verse one, a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Hmm. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death. In other words, he's comparing, he's comparing the good name to the day of death. He's saying the day of death is better than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Be something that's very serious to contemplate. Sorrow is better than laughter. And then here's listen to his listen to his reasoning. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. That's interesting, isn't it? The heart of the wise is in the house of the morning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Now, this is the guy considered to be wisest man, you know, whoever lived. I think most people would agree that he was a wise man. The scriptures declare him to be wise, and he got wisdom from God. And yet, in writing in hindsight and looking back, what does Solomon do? He says, you know, there's, there's some things I learned all this stuff that I was pursuing, you can read it in the book. It's not a long read. All these things that I sought after, all these things that I did to find pleasure in them or self-gratification or whatever the case may be, all of them, he used one word. He said they were vanity. They were vanity. We call that chasing after the wind, right? It's kind of like um, I take—I I give you an example. 
Uh, you guys remember the other year when I took and put that uh, organic stuff on my beard just to see what it would look like uh, before it would turn gray. And it looked really unnatural because it was as black as my hat and it just did, it didn't match anything. That's a That's a vanity. It really is a vanity. And people do it all the time. Boy, our culture is filled with it. People want to have surgeries to make themselves appear better. We pour tons of money into stuff to fix our teeth so we have a nice smile, right? The makeup industry is not only loaded with toxins in their makeup, but the people want to buy them to put them on to make themselves presentable, right? People spend ridiculous amounts of money on a piece of clothing, Maybe a car that they like they want to be seen in or a house that they live in. All of these pursuits after vanity. And there's nothing wrong with having cars or houses or clothes. Or, that's not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is an, uh, just this obsession with how people appear and what, you know, how they want people to, to see them and to recognize them and things of that nature. Just this indulgence in that. One of the things that I that I note out of the people that I mentioned, just the people I mentioned, and, and there's a bunch more. I was looking this morning. I think there were some other things as well. And um, so let's see. We'll get rid of that. And um, th- there's a lot of different things that are that people will indulge in. But how many of them are really contemplating? They're going to give an account for what they do in this life. How many of them are contemplating that? Now, I know for people like who get the news that they have cancer, it's one of those things that in almost every case of people I've heard tell their story about that, it's like it stops their world. All of a sudden, the video game of life, if you will, is put to a halt And instead of you dying and you've got extra lives that you can do and this, that, and the other, the reality is, is your life is coming to an end. Unless you, unless there's something that changes, changes that outcome. Now, why is that? Well, we can go back to Genesis chapter three. And what we'll find is, is that it's because men don't obey God. When man has just one command, just, well, let me change that. He, he has more than one command. God gave Adam the command to be fruitful, multiply, to take dominion over the earth. He, he gave him those commands. And he, he also said, you can partake of anything in the garden that I've created for you except for this one tree. Don't touch that one. Don't, don't eat off of that one. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what does man do? He's not content with what God has given him. Instead, he says, eh, it looks pretty good to me. And he buys into the lie that says, I'll be like God's. I'll be like God. He buys into that, and then he has that in his heart. That's, that's where the sin is. It started right in man's heart. Long before he took the fruit and ate it, He already had a desire for it. He already had a lust for it. He was already covetous. 
And so our first parents did that. And so what do we do? Well, we can hear about God's commands all day long. And then what do we do? We go out and we just ignore them. We live as though they don't exist, as though we're not going to come face to face with those in the future. His commands, his statutes, and his judgments. This is why he says we're to teach them diligently to our children, Deuteronomy 6. That's why we're to have them in our hearts as well. So that we keep them before our eyes. They're to be frontlets between our eyes. Remember that from Deuteronomy 6. We're to bind them on our hands, and they're to be as frontlets between our eyes. Now, for those who follow the beast system, they're gonna have they're gonna have man's tyrannical laws in their hands and as frontlets between their eyes, and they're going to live in fear of man rather than in fear of God. That's, that's the issue. That's what's going on. So Solomon reminds his listeners to remember the Lord while they're young, not when they get old, not after they've lived a life of vanity, but to remember the Creator when they're young, listen to what he says. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon of the st- or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened, and the doors shall be shut in the streets, when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, while the evil days come not. In other words, in the good times, always be recognizing the goodness of God that has come to you and give thanks to Him for it. We took time yesterday to to just sit and, and, and think about that and say, Lord, you have blessed me so much. The days of my youth, I didn't remember the Creator. I was like Solomon. I was out for vanity. And I pursued it wherever I could find it. But I'm one now that looks to each and every day as to what the Lord provides. If He provides me health and strength, if He provides for the needs that we have, if He provides our food, our sustenance, our clothing, our homes the ability to travel, all of that, yes, he uses means. He uses me as a means in that, but he is the one who provides it. And part of this issue that we're dealing with right here is there are many people who don't take time to give glory to the Creator at all. They give no thought to him. Oh, they get an award and they say, you know, I want to thank God. They don't name who it is. You know, it's just kind of the cultural thing to, to do. And they don't really contemplate what they're even saying. They don't even realize what they're saying. Scriptures are clear, you know, of our, our 
situation before God. The Apostle Paul, he talks about us being rescued from our sin, or him you know, being rescued from his sin, <clears throat> as he lays out his apologetic in the book of Romans. And um, I, let me just pick up from here. I'm going to back up just to chapter 5. And then I want to go through a couple of passages in chapter 6, just so we see this. Um, let me start with uh, verse... <laughs> wow, I have to keep going back here through when I backed up there is much much more context than what I was going to do. But I, I do want to bring this so that we, that we see exactly what was going on. So I'm going to back up. This is Romans chapter 5. And this is what it says. Verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, Paul is writing to the church. Okay? These are the people who are part of the covenant community. He's not writing to the world. He's writing to the church. And so he says Christ died for us. Those of us who are believers in him. And he says that God commendeth his love toward it. In other words, God did not do, you know, what some people think he is, is a grandfather of the old guy, he's got a big old white beard, and he's sitting in a rocking chair, and he's got a cane, and he just wants you to sit in his lap and be his grandchild. That's not, that's, that's a false view of who God is. Some people think that God is kind of like the, um, the Budweiser guys who throw their arms around you and they go, I love you, man. That's not who he is either. God is a just and holy God, and this is why the cross is important. Because men sinned. They broke God's law. They did it. They, they, they rebelled against him. And we've done it since the beginning. Our first parents did it. And yet, God cannot let that go. And so he says, the soul that sins will surely die. Okay? Is that true? Let's go back to what uh, Zero Hedge had to say. On a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. Why is that? Why is it that men die? Because they are sinners. And the soul that sins will surely die. And it's going to happen to all of us. All of us have to face that reality. For some, it's coming at age 26. Even when you seem like you're on top of the world, 26-year-old lady. For some, it's much later, like this former president of Finland, 86. And there's all ages in between. Some happen very young, before they even get out of their childhood. Yes, children are sinners too, guys. We're all reaping the consequences or the wages of our sin. And so, what does God do? One, He provides somebody who can go and redeem us from the curse of the law. In other words, He can go and take our place on the chopping block, the gallows, the electric chair, whatever you want to say, but He has to pour out His life's blood in that. So the electric chair doesn't work, neither does the gallows. So the cross will work. The shedding of blood, 
Somebody has to take our place in that. And so that's what Jesus does. He takes the place of the sinner, and the Bible says that God is well pleased with his sacrifice. Because he went into the temple that's made without hands, and he offered himself as the sacrifice as the great high priest. And the Bible says that he sat down. No place in the temple, no place in the tabernacle for the priest to sit down because their work was never done. Jesus offered one sacrifice himself, and God was pleased. But it tells us something about God. God is a doer. He's not just, I'm telling you this stuff. He is a doer. He demonstrates. Some of your translations say, other than commendeth. He, God demonstrates his love for us in this. And he calls us to do the same thing, doesn't he? Our, you know, our ministry, uh, verse 1 John 3.18, is talking about deeds. Let us not love just in word only, but in deeds, right? In what we do. We're to follow after the one who leads us, the captain of our salvation. So let's read just a, a little bit of this, and then I want to hit chapter 6 here. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Whose wrath? His own wrath. In other words, he, he saves us from his own wrath that he has because his character is holy and just. He can't let sin go. He can't do that. And so Jesus came to save sinners. He didn't just come to teach us how we're supposed to live. He did do that. But he came to save sinners. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. There was a guy by the name of J. Gresham Machem, and uh, he was, I believe he was the founder of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. And if I recall correctly, he was the guy, he was dying, and he looked to his friend and he says, I'm so grateful for the obedience of Christ. Both active and passive, and let me t explain just what he means. The active obedience of Christ in his life that was sinless before the Father. All of the things that led up to his death. And then his passive obedience in laying down his life for his people. And why was he thankful for that? Because Jesus did for him what he could never do and what you can never do and what I can never do. And that is live perfectly before the Father. And that's what he was grateful for in that. And I think Paul is expressing something similar to that in this passage. He said, so, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. The atonement is that covering for sin. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, that's Adam, and that's a real Adam, that's not... It's not a bunch of Adams, it's, it's Adam. It's the guy in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. So from Adam 
to the giving of the law, sin was in the world. Now, how is that? If sin is transgression of the law, it's what John tells us in 1 John. If it is transgression of the, of the law, how was sin in the world before the law was given to Moses? It's because it's what we understand as natural law. It is the light God has put in us. It is part, we have it because we're, we're made in the image of God. What does that mean? Well, if you go through the catechism, you'll find out that drawing from the scriptures, it means that we, you know, this is the, um, uh, the character of God in righteousness and holiness. This is how man was created. He was created perfect. Even the intents of his heart were good. Until he got his eyes off of what? of the God who made him. And that's what began to corrupt him. So, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Okay? Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, not in the same way, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as if it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment, was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. In other words, we had, we had committed many offenses against God, and yet, in His mercy, He sent Christ in order that we might be justified in the midst of our condemnation. You remember in John chapter 3, everybody knows John 3.16, right? But hardly anybody knows anything about what comes before that, Nicodemus and the new birth issue before that, and then what comes after that where Jesus says, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but I'm in the world to save it. It's already condemned. The world stands condemned before God now. This is why the gospel is to be good news. But you got to give the bad news first. You, look, if you're going to deal with something as, as far as your health, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to face the reality and the diagnosis that you have, right, of, of what's going on. And then you're going to have to look to what's the remedy for this. We did a little vignette when we put out the, um, the DVD years ago, and, and I highly recommend it. It's a great history lesson for those who are interested. It was called Amazing Grace, the History and Theology of Calvinism. Because people misunderstand what it is. And we did a little vignette in that, and the guy is, he's got his lab coat on, and he's walking out in the parking lot, and he's got these little, he's got this little test tube, and he goes, I've found the, um, the, the cure for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he's going to all these people in the parking lot, and they're like, that's cool, man, good, good, good for, good for you. They're not really, you know, in, excited about it because... Apparently, none of them have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And you guys ever been in that kind of situation? Somebody tells you all kinds of things, and you go, well, I don't have that problem. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, but how does that affect me? 
Then we take and we have him sit down with one of the people that he's been out in the parking lot with, and he explains to them, look, here's the x-rays and all this stuff, and you've got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And now, all of a sudden, everything stops. And the person is focused on the fact that they have something that's going to kill them. Now, look, all of us have something that's going to kill us, our sin, our violations of God's law. It's going to kill us. We're going to see that in just a second. All of a sudden, this guy is all ears to hear what the doctor has to say. And the doctor looks at him and he says, I've got something right here with just one dose. It'll take care of your problem. And now the guy has a whole different approach. He's like, that's the best news I could hear right now. Let me tell you something. The best news a sinner can hear when confronted with their sin is that there's a remedy for it. It's that Jesus Christ has borne sin in himself and faced the wrath of God for them. If they will put their faith in him, if they will trust what his word says, and they'll turn from that sin, God will save them. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's what the scripture says. But it only makes sense if you recognize your own sinfulness. And the only one who can really open your eyes to that is the Spirit of God. People can tell you all day long. You can even have it up here in your head. Your conscience bother you over certain things. But until you really see yourself the way God sees you, you won't bow your knee to Him. So real quickly, let's jump through here just a second because I want to I bring up uh, Romans chapter 6. It says... And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. That's what we just read. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that's talking about Adam, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all, all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience men were, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I can just hear some people, oh, well, see, Tim, it says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That means, boy, I can just go out here and I can sin and, and, I, can, and I don't have to worry about anything because grace covers it all. Not so fast. Chapter 6. Paul addresses such thinking. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. May it never be. That's what he's saying. How shall we, remember he's talking to the church, how shall we that are dead to sin, not dead in our sins, dead to sin, 
live any longer therein. How, do you, how are you justifying living in your sin when you claim that Christ saved you from sin? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him in baptism in, un, into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We've been made new creatures. If you're in Christ, you've been made a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. He says, for if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. And what did crucifixion do? It killed the, it killed the man. It took his life. And he says this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, not let live a little bit, but be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. And then I just want to jump down. You guys can go and you can read this uh, yourself, Romans chapter 6 here, and you can back up to chapter 5 if you want to do that as well. But we, we've all heard this, this passage here. He says, For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then, and those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, not unto sin, unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, friends, it is appointed unto man once to die. I had some conversations where people were bringing up reincarnation to me. I said, wait a minute. The scripture says, I don't care what the deception is about how you perceive different lives going into different bodies and stuff. The scriptures say it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Those people I mentioned at the first of the show, they face judgment you and I are going to face it too. And on this long timeline, go back to this little phrase, long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. That's you and for me. What are you doing today to draw closer to the Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, and to glorify Him? I hope that you're doing all you can. Bradley, be with you at three. See you.